Hey, welcome to another episode of AI Buzz. Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Nick, coming at you with some more stories from the world of machine learning and artificial intelligence. What are we going to talk about today? I'm going to talk about how AI can convert 2D to 3D images. I'm going to talk about how AI is helping out with the environment. How to visualize blind spots in uh, a model as well as AI in politics. All that and more, definitely some side stories on this episode of AI Buzz. Let's get to it. A field of microscopy is extremely useful and it's widely used for scientific discovery. However, images that one receives from microscopy are in two dimensions and ideally would contain as much information as possible about what you're imaging. You want all this information as well as as little noise as you can you can possibly get. So a lot of software enhancements try to solve these types of problems, um, but they require typically a lot of manipulation and the software itself can be very expensive. So some new approaches are being developed by researchers out of UCLA that have created a new technique to enhance the traditionally two-dimensional field of microscopy. The new tool that they have developed, software tool called DeepZ, which means you're getting an increased depth in the Z dimension or increased height. So you can image through a sample and essentially reconstruct a 3D microscope image. So they used fluorescence microscopes and with this tool, they're able to remove aberrations or kind of weird optical effects from their images when it's taken at an angle. That's a, a big problem. Uh, if you have a sample at an angle, any slight vibration can cause a disruption, especially if at a high magnification, uh, cause a lot of noise and cause some issues. So it can remove noise and aberrations. That's one thing DeepZ can do. Another thing it can do is what it's named after, which is the images at different depths. So they essentially are taking images at different heights throughout the sample, and then uh, they're feeding these into a model that can then output a 3D rendering of those 2D images. And the creators are extremely happy and they say the results are really good. It's helping them out with their research quite a bit. And one of the first authors of this paper is, says that this tool can provide users with the best of all the worlds of microscopy, meaning low noise, as well as creating 3D images from uh, the tool. So very cool work out of UCLA, DeepZ, check it out. Next up, using artificial intelligence as a surveillance tool is being shown to be invaluable. Researchers from the Salesforce Einstein team are using it to spot sharks off the coast of California. It is being used as an option to assist in covering large swaths of lands that humans would not be able to monitor. MIT has recently released a fascinating press release where they have 
deployed an AI to find the most unique sampling spots for seawater. The environmental scientists that were a part of the study worked on developing a technology called plumes, P-L-U-M-E-S, that enables them to find the best places for them to take samples to monitor life on parts of coral or find places of pollution. The article describes one instance where the robot finds the most shallow coral head in the Bel Air's fringing reef. This is a place in Barbados that the researchers wanted to use to study how the sun is impacting the growth of life forms on the coral. Systematic exploration of these high concentration areas, uh, so areas with these high concentration of these, these biomarkers that they're looking for is invaluable. The plumes model that they discuss does not get misled as often as the comparable techniques. And the robot that implements plumes tries to find these highest utility sites by creating uh, paths based on probabilistic approaches of finding the best sampling location. Definitely check out this MIT press release. I'll link it in the uh, description. These types of methods can really be transferred to any number of applications where monitoring of large areas is needed. Really cool stuff. Check out the MIT press release. I'll, I'll put it in the description. Next up. Generative adversarial networks have been in the news quite a bit lately because they're the most cutting-edge neural networks that really allow generative predictions to take place. The reconstruction of a lost Picasso used a GAN for short. Um, these networks are, are really game-changing, game and they're giving AI a way to... Uh, you know, they're essentially giving AI a paintbrush to be creative. GANs are responsible for, for many creations now, and in the coming years, who knows what they're going to be dreaming up. One really cool look at GANs shows that they can figure out and figure out trying to recreate something they, interestingly, can really miss out on recreating stuff as well. So in one article that I was reading, um, the networks, when they try to recreate uh, uh, things, uh, recreate like a, a drawing or a painting or something, the researchers from this, this MIT study showed that people were essentially being blurred out of the recreations, meaning that the pattern that the network recognizes as a human or a human face is being ignored by the networks. And this is hilarious because the researchers blame this on the networks being lazy. So this is actually a thing where, you know, networks are lazy too. Neural networks are lazy. <laughs> um, so technically it's called machine laziness and it's essentially trying to find the easiest way to come up with a recreation that'll be acceptable for us. Um, and trying to recreate faces is computationally more difficult. So when GANs work by iteratively trying to make new things, they uh, try to make it so that it 
fools itself. So they create uh, dummy images and they feed it back into the prediction to see if the uh, prediction step of the model can tell if it's real or fake. If it can't tell anymore that it's fake, then it says, okay, I'm done. And that's the model we get. So it's, it's essentially a way of training so that it, it tries to fool itself. So it's a really cool concept. Definitely check out, uh, there's some great material online for it. Um, in the cases where humans need to be recreated in, like, say, a painting, for example, the machine's getting lazy, and it's, you know, finding the easiest way to fool itself is to not try and generate these humans. Must have had a tough time generating the humans. It probably could have if it tried hard enough, but... Um, it's trying to just hit that threshold where it can do the minimal amount of work to uh, get a solution. And this is kind of hilarious. It's illustrating a phenomenon that machines aren't all that different from us humans. They are lazy too. Next up, and last up, there's a lot of demonstration of AI being used in the news for um, malicious purposes or... You know, just in the news in general, such as OpenAI's text generator, GPT-2, or Google's Duplex that was big last year, or Project Maven from Google, where uh, several years ago they were developing, uh, in conjunction with the uh, military, you know, drone technology, essentially. I believe Amazon's now working on that. And there's a lot of discussion with respect to AI in the media, but very little in politics. And it's really interesting because I think a lot of big tech companies share the viewpoint that AI is something to be reckoned with. You know, it's something that really will need to be tackled and developed safely in the next few years. And, um, you know... These tech moguls are, are warning us about the dangers of artificial intelligence, but it's it's not echoed in Washington, and regulation is, is going to be very slow to catch up with the technology because the technology is moving so fast. Uh, like I mentioned in a previous episode, um, OpenAI is, is doing a great job trying to develop it safely and trying to define what ethical AI is and how we can develop political frameworks to go along with some of the innovations that are happening. Um, I, I refuse to uh, talk about politics in depth on this podcast. I am not sharing any of my political views. I will say there is one candidate who discusses artificial intelligence for the 2020 election. That is Andrew Yang. I think that's a really awesome thing that all of the candidates should be discussing more. Uh, artificial intelligence is definitely going to be a big problem in the next years. So the fact that he's talking about this now is a really good thing, and I, I hope more candidates start to talk about it as well. Cool stuff. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of AI Buzz. It's been a pleasure. Be back with you very, very soon. More artificial intelligence and machine learning stories. My name is Nick. Have a good day. Bye.